0: Hello and welcome to St- <laughs> <laughs> the Hello. Sales and Marketing Podcast from Reminder Media on a mission to help you close more deals and retain more business so you can live a life of freedom tomorrow but only if you take action
1: today. My name is Joshua Stike and we are doing this for a second time. Yes, because we're having technical difficulties. Do you guys ever have technical difficulties in your life? I Just like they want to make you want to pull your hair out. (laughs) I remember when I was playing, I'm going to share. um, Too bad you guys can't hear the original audio because I gave you an intimate detail about my life. But I'm going to give you another one. So I was growing up in a band and one of the worst things. So, you know, I played music from like 13 to man. It was probably 13 years old. I was in a band all the way up to about 20. Yeah, I guess it was 20 right before I turned 21. And was playing gigs all the time. One of the worst things is when you have a technical problem up on stage, like the sound goes off. Yeah. And you played in a band, right? I, well, well. School band, maybe? Marching band. Mar- okay, that's not No, not, I played okay. bass guitar in a cover band. So you played in a yeah. cover band. But if you, have you ever had the audio turn off on you, the technical turn off on you when you have the audience out in front of you? And it is the most awkward thing. And that's where you have to learn to like tell jokes, yeah. speak really loud. I was never any good it's at it. all about how you recover. All about how you all recover. All about So recovering. we're experiencing a little bit of those technical But that's technical right. Things. We're going to power on
0: because today we have an amazing guest on the podcast. His name is Sean Everett. He is a realtor and a founder of Everett Academy and Interactive Real Estate Training, as well as a team lead for the Everett Group at Simply Vegas Real Estate. Sean and his wife, Allie, now manage a team of 10 realtors. And their online interactive training allows agents to hit 100K in their first year of real estate by focusing on the key fundamentals of being a real estate sales agent. Sean, welcome to the podcast.
2: Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it.
1: Yeah, man. It's amazing to have you. And for all of you, if you're not making 100K, I hope your ears perked up because I hope you listen. I will have to say that, you know, we were actually, uh, Sean's wife, Allie, reached out to us. So they're a client of ours and she let us know a little bit about Sean's story, which we had no idea, uh, but reading powerful. what she wrote, I can't wait for you guys to hear this man's story and his journey because I think it's super powerful. And then I want to dive kind of into some of the details that have made you successful within your real estate business. But Sean, I would ask you if you could kind of introduce yourself to our audience and really share with them the journey that you've been on in your life How you've made it to where you're at today, to where you're actually running a team of 10 agents and maybe more at this point, but 10 agents. So if you could kind of introduce yourself to our audience.
2: Yeah, for sure. So my name is Sean Everett. So I'm actually born and raised in Las Vegas. So um, I'm surprised I didn't see you guys at the conference that you were recently at. (laughs) Well, you you would have sold Josh in the casino. We could have done this podcast live (laughs) from Vegas. (laughs) So so I was born and raised here in Vegas. Um, So it was one of those things where when I was about eight years old, my dad started flipping houses here in Vegas. So uh, I kind of grew up trashing houses out. You know, he paid me four bucks an hour to smash stuff and throw it in (laughs) dumpsters, which is like every kid's dream. Every kid to do that for free. So I was stoked. I'm like, cool, you're going to pay me to go bust up TVs and stuff. Let's do it. You know? So I kind of grew up doing that. Um, By the time I hit uh, about 15 years old, I I decided, you know, I want to start my own business. And at that time, my dad actually had about 86 or 87 properties here in town. They were rental properties. Wow. So I actually started uh, landscaping all of them. So I got a buddy of mine. We we got a small loan. We started landscaping all the properties on maintenance. Built that company up, sold it, uh, started into auto detailing when I was about 16, built that business up and sold it. Um, During that time, which was uh, right when I was getting into my real estate, getting my real estate license Right when I was about 18, uh, that's when the market tanked. That's when everything just hit hard, hit really bad. Um, so I actually was a structural iron worker working on the high rises downtown doing real estate on the side. Oh, wow. So it was kind of gave me a commercial feel for for that. You know, I was a welder, connector, things like that, just always working at the top. Uh, yeah, you kind of get hurt on a daily basis, but that's just one of those things, part of the job, right? Yep. So um, during the time I was an iron worker, though, I started getting really, really sick. And I started, basically, I, w- I was nauseous every day, throwing up every morning, uh, massive, massive headaches, and they could never figure out what it was. I was going to the doctor. I was in the hospital all the time. Hmm. Well, long story short, I go to UCLA, find out I actually have a malformation in my brain. And in a nutshell, what that means is my brain's bigger than my head. And you better believe I love telling people that. <laughs> so, I mean, that's one of those things where I was like, I told everybody growing up that was the case. Nobody believed me. I got documentation now. So I was stoked about that. So it was kind of one of those things that was almost like, uh, almost like emergency surgery type deal. So within a couple of weeks, they had me scheduled. Uh, took out a couple vertebrae in my neck, took out mm. some skull, um, actually patched the part of the brain that was hanging down, patched it up. Um So it was making the left side of my body go paralyzed. And I, I didn't I know. know any of this stuff. So um, I, 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 right before that is when I was like completely full time in real estate for, I would say, about a year. I started noticing everything when I was an iron worker. And then, of course, years and years go on. But uh, at the time, I had to go in and get the surgery. Um, I brought my wife on to help me out because I didn't know if I was going to be out for six months, a year. I had no idea. Mm. Um, and luckily, we were actually back in the office in about four weeks, so it was pretty good. I don't remember a whole lot of that year because they were feeding me something new every two, two hours. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but we actually increased our business by 20 percent. And uh, if it wasn't for my wife, I wouldn't know anything about systems because prior wow. to her, I was kind of just rolling with it. You know what I mean? So she kind of helped me change my mindset and really get rolling with uh with putting systems and things in place to kind of utilize my time better and create more time for my business.
1: It's interesting just even hearing that you know portion of your story and just the kind of the way you talk about it and the attitude you have such a almost like a nonchalant just positive Add like here you have yeah. a life threatening, you end up in the hospital, emergency surgery, whole life basically is changing. You're, you're just like, yeah, I had a bigger brain than my skull could, you know, <laughs> handle. So yeah. how, how did you overcome like what was that like at the time when you get that news that, you know, something like that is happening? Like how was that at that time and how did you handle that?
2: So at the time, it was one of those things where I was just like, my first immediate thought is like, well, all the TV shows and stuff where they're just like cutting someone's head completely open, right? That's my first thought. I'm like, oh, this is not good. And so, of course, just like any normal person, I guess I jump on YouTube and start watching some of the surgeries happen, right? <laughs> Did that help? So, uh, Hurt or help? Like, oh, <laughs> this, this is wonderful. Yeah, like a couple days beforehand, my wife's like, you need to knock that crap off. Yeah, man. Oh that is not God. what you need to be doing. And I was trying to get them to film it for me, but uh, they—they—I don't—they didn't give it to me. They didn't give me a copy. But um, it oh, happened wow. at UCLA, and it was actually the worst malformation they had ever seen. And they really? had done these surgeries quite a bit, so it was herniated uh, 20 millimeters, which is a lot. The biggest they had seen was 19. Hmm. Um, so it was—they were kind of surprised that I wasn't already paralyzed, and there wasn't a lot further uh, going on with it. So. When I heard how serious it was, it really freaked me out. I mean, big time, you know, and I'm like, I don't really know what's going on. So everything I had in escrow, I got another agent to take care of it for me. At that time, I didn't have any team members. So it was one of those things where it was like, all right, I'm going to get some of the people at my brokerage to help me out and uh, get rolling with stuff. And at the same time, (laughs) train my wife to get licensed, help her out with the tests and everything and kind of streamline everything as fast as I can to her just in case you know, something happened or it went wrong or anything like that, you know, so business could continue to flow. So it was definitely freaky. But I'm just one of those people where, you know, something happens. If I freak out about it, it doesn't really do anything any better. So if I just kind of keep calm and cool about it, you know, things work out. And if it works out and it kind of goes the wrong way, well, I guess that's what was supposed to happen. So uh, that's kind of just my mindset with things.
1: Now that is such a it's such a good mindset. It's actually I was listening to another podcast uh, this actually this morning when I was at the gym, and it was the Ed Milet show was interviewing this doctor, and he I was love tw- Ed Milette. Oh man, yeah. he's a freaking beast! But he they were interviewing yeah. this doctor. You should check out the latest episode that just released. But it was about how your mind. The power, like he's, I guess, a neuro, like guy, neuro, I'm not neurosurgeon, but some type of neuro uh, doctor, so neuroscience and stuff like that. But he was talking about the power of your mind and the mindset and what you just mentioned in there triggered that memory for me this morning of worrying about something. Does, you know, good. And there was a joke that, you know, my mother in law used to say all the time. She's a worrier. And her father would say, man, all that worrying you do really must pay off because none of it ever happens. <laughs> and the point being is like that normally is what happens to people is that. But the point of that podcast that Ed Let was doing is that when you worry about something, then you affirm it and constantly think about it in your mind. You are actually affirming the negative state. And one of the most powerful things from that podcast was that 50 percent of your memories are actually untrue. What? You've actually made them up, and so oh, yeah. yeah the, it, what's interesting about That's, it? This explains everything. Oh man, it's crazy. It's <laughs> and like listen, it's it's really crazy. The studies show that you make up fifty percent of your memories. What it is is you have a bad experience, right? Then you embellish it to a friend, and that embellishment becomes the reality. And pretty soon, you're you have you're building your life off of a memory that never actually happened, and you're affirming that negativeness in your life and just your attitude of how you approached. This whole life changing surgery, this whole life cha- could be life changing thing in your first year of real estate. Most of us are suffering just getting leads. You're suffering actually from a physical condition and you come back. So tell me a little bit of how you came back and you said your income went up 20 percent when you came back. Right. You said when you came back from the surgery, yeah. you actually made 20 percent more that year than you did the previous year. How did you guys do yeah, that? Yeah.
2: So, and it was all about systems and implementing processes and making things go faster, you know. And so, uh, and, and of course, we've I mean, we've made leaps and bounds now compared to where we were then. But uh, it was it was so bad where I w- I would just roll in, I would do my thing. I worked with a lot of investors doing flip properties, so I mean, it was it was pretty easy for me to just kind of roll in, find some properties, go see. Hey, you know, this is the spread. This is what the deal is. It was all numbers, you know, really easy, didn't need to dress up or anything like that. So, uh, of course, my wife made me go get a whole new wardrobe so I could dress up, look nice, you know, and then, of course, she's always looking smoking hot. So that's one of those things you can't really, you know, she I, I can't be looking like garbage next to her, you know, that just ain't going to fly. So um, just implementing processes and systems, man. I mean, really, if, if you don't have a good CRM, spreadsheets and things like that, and just really, really hammering it out and... There's so many things that you can do for free in real estate that's going to bring you a ton of business. And I agree. Everybody thinks it's the next CRM or it's how many, how many Google leads you're bringing in, uh, how much money you're spending on Zillow. I mean, that's everybody's thought. That's not the case. You know, I mean, you can run a Facebook page and make it phenomenal. I mean, it's super, super easy as far as that stuff goes. You just have to stay in front of people often. So our first thing was, okay, where's the database? We went through all of our past clients, called everybody up, uh, asking for referrals, checking to see what's going on in their lives. How can we help? Do they want to sell their house? Are they looking to buy an investment property? Uh, and then collecting more people from them as well. I mean, you should be able to easily get 10 people off of each person that you know. Mm. Uh, so that's kind of what we did. We just started that. building the database like crazy and uh, really just all referrals. You know, 99% of our business, I would say, is repeat referrals and past clients. So we just started hammering the phones, and like I said, I can't remember a ton of that year, but I remember that it it did come out twenty uh, percent higher than the year before, and I want to uh, contribute all of that to my wife helping me out because uh, I mean she just she can take anybody's business and just multiply it. She's just good at that. She's done it many, many, many times.
1: That no, that's amazing. So tell me, you know, obviously in your you know next year coming out of the surgery, you you know, go up twenty percent over the last how many years have you been at it now? Is it ten years?
2: So uh, 10 years? Yeah, 10 years. So I got licensed in 08.
1: Okay, you got licensed in 08. So you're, you know, around yep. the 10 year mark. So tell me yep. has it it's been systems can you give us a little bit more detail on you you know, you build your database. I love that. I think that's a golden nugget for people that are listening that are brand new to real estate. The first step you have to do is build your database. And that starts with your friends, your family, your sphere of influence and picking up the phone, calling them, letting them know what you're doing. Could you give us a little bit more detail on what type of calls are you making to your database? Like, how are you so, yeah, I know I need to build a database, but how did you guys go about making those calls? Like, do, like, what were you talking about? What were some of the ideas you came up with to keep in touch with people?
2: So, first and foremost, if you're, you're hitting anybody up and you don't talk to them on a, on a daily basis or a consistent basis and you go straight into the cell, you, you just shot yourself in the foot right there. I mean, that's mm. the first thing you don't do. So we hit up everybody in our database, "Hey, what's going on? How's life? You know, hey, we just got back from brain surgery." Tell them about that a little bit. <laughs> that's that's you know, a, that's a great way to call. Like, oh. <laughs> oh man, it was it was some of the calls were hilarious cuz I got some really good clients that are really really good friends of mine and and man, they just <laughs> hammer me into dust half the time. But um, you know, one of the, one of the biggest things that we did that that we still do today and we do on a completely different scale is, "Hey, What's your birthdays? What's the family's birthdays? What's what's your anniversaries? Like when they bought the house, right? That's their home anniversary. And then birthdays for them and all their kids. So
0: yeah, that's such a soft, yeah, that's awesome.
2: Yeah, I mean, that kind of stuff is is huge. So we actually use a a system called Send Out Cards. And what that does is it allows you to use your handwriting. Um, You you have it automated. So you can put in everybody's birthdays, everybody's anniversaries, whatever. It sends them out a card, sends them out some brownies, some cookies, whatever you want to send them. And oh man, it's such a nice presentation, and everybody loves that. So basically, our first, our year back from from surgery was gathering data. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we were doing that hardcore with everybody. So we basically would hit them up, hey, what's going on? What's happening? You know? And then we'd call them back a couple of days later, hey, you know, I just wanted to let you know there's a couple of things going on in the market right now. I know we spoke a few days ago. You said you're wondering what's up with your house. Here's a market analysis. Here's a CMA. Anything like that that you can give value. Because everybody knows you're a realtor. Everybody knows that's what you do, I and mean, you sell things. You know they could care less, honestly, what uh, <laughs> what's going on in your life as a realtor, unless they're good friends. You know, so if you just go straight into the sell, completely wrong. You got to give value. Um, and and I'll and a little bit later I'll kind of hit on what we're doing now for that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? And it's just uh, it's changing everything to a whole new level streamlining the business and basically allowing me to spend more time with my family and help coach the agents on my team.
1: Oh, man. Yeah. No, I love that. I think you're hitting on a core, core principle of real estate, which is it's all about relationships And you have to build solid relationships with people. And how you build solid relationships with them is you connect with them on one of the pillars, I call it, of life. It's either their family, it's their occupation, it's their recreation or their dreams. And so you've done that through send-out cards. You've done that through phone calls. Walk us through a little bit of the journey. You start building your database. You know, 99% of your business is coming from, I would call it, your SOI, you know, your sphere of influence with referrals. When did you start building a team and how did that process go for you? Because I know we have some agents that are listening to this, that they're at that stage where they have some transactions under their belt. They're trying to build a team. How did you guys go about building your business to the next level, getting agents under you?
2: Yeah, so we started out with the branding. I mean, that's like the first and foremost branding and then foundation of exactly what we're trying to do as a company. So, um, we got some of the nicest business cards that you've ever seen. Uh, I mean, they're, they're die cut, double sided, every, I mean, every, everything you could think of. I mean, they're hooked up. Uh, and I know a lot of people don't use business cards because we're kind of getting into that digital age, but, uh, every single time I handed it to a homeowner, whether if I was the buyer's agent handing it to the seller going to show their house, they always said, man, what a nice card. And I had people call me back hmm. when they couldn't sell their house. You know what I mean? So straight up branding on that kind of stuff. Um, And uh, the foundation and my wife, she used to run a hair salon here in town. She was actually the youngest owner of an Aveda hair salon in the country as far as we know. And uh, so she was really, really good at foundation. So what was our purpose? What did we want to do? You know, it can't always be about the money. If you literally are here to make money in real estate, which uh, not saying we aren't. I mean, we're here to make money. Everybody wants to make money. But if that's your main focus, you're you're screwing yourself. It's not going to happen you want to make sure that you have a purpose as far as what's going on. So we got involved with Love charities, that. um, you know, a portion of our of our stuff will go to like. So what what I had was called QR malformation. So we're hooked up with a couple different uh charities for that. You know, we we contribute and do different things for them and events and stuff like that. So the purpose is what are you what are you trying to get at? What's the end goal? And you got to fill in the blanks all the way to get there, you know? So like if, if you want to if you want to sell 10 houses a month, for instance, like, how are you going to do that? You know, and you work backwards. So that's kind of how we did it with everything. Um, and I want to say we started out with just a couple of buyer's agents right off the bat. And I'm just one of those people where I've been doing it a while to where I've been through a lot of situations. And I have the knowledge as far as I've sold everything from manufactured houses to million dollar homes. It doesn't matter everything in between. I sold a lot of manufactured houses, which is kind of funny. And that's some, that's some baby commissions right there, man. <laughs> but, um, that's just kind of how it works. So basically, what we did was we started bringing people on, giving them our knowledge and kicking them leads as well. And okay. we started just generating a ton of internet leads to help them out.
1: Okay. Gotcha. And when you brought on you know, your first agents, they were strictly buyers agents. They weren't doing listings. Yes. They were strictly showing your buyers. How many trans- yeah, and now
2: if they wanted to do listings, I wouldn't say no. I sure. just had to hold their hand all the way through.
1: Gotcha. Okay. How many transactions were you guys doing when you decided to hire on a buyer's agent? Was there a benchmark uh, or was it more of just like you didn't want to yeah. show the buyers around just to free you up to go after listings? What was so the decision maker? which
2: I feel like I could have done it differently, which was like that point you were talking on earlier, right? Um, I was just like, hey, I'm going to get all these agents on a team. I'm going to collect. I'm going to collect payment from all of them on gotcha. all their deals, and I'm going to get loaded and not have to make a ton of money, right? Or not have to spend a lot of time, right? Make a ton of money. Yep. Um, that, that's the wrong thinking, right there. And I know that was the wrong thinking. So uh, education for the agents is where it's at. You know, they come in, and not all of them grew up in real estate. A lot of them don't even know the first thing about it. And I mean, I'm sure, I don't know if, how much you guys know about real estate school, but they don't teach you anything about what <laughs> actually happens in real estate. You got to pass that test and then you need to get in the field. And I call it like an apprenticeship. Yes, you know what I mean, I agree, man, kind of where I came from. So they got to, uh, they got to do hands-on, hands-on education or they're not going to learn anything.
1: No, no. I think that's great. So now you're up to how many agents, 10 agents under you?
2: Yeah, we got 10 right now. We were up to 20. Oh, wow. um, And then we kind of had to to chop it down a little bit. um, uh, And it just was uh, too much with what we had as far as systems and stuff like that, which I thought we had pretty good systems, but it just wasn't enough. And so now I got it dialed in where I can add people people like crazy, and I don't actually have to physically be with them. And they can still learn everything that I have to know um, 24 hours a day.
1: Okay. And are you doing that through, is, is that more of a, cause I'm curious, is that more of a knowledge base where you're recording like training videos and they can watch the videos? Or was that more of like a lead generation problem where you had 20 agents and they're desperate for you to help them with leads and you can't get to them?
2: Yeah. So it got to the point where I didn't have enough time okay. to run my business and also take care of 20 agents. Gotcha. So I, I went to, I don't know if you guys are familiar with 10X Growth Con. It's yeah. a Grant Cardone thing. We were there. So the one that was here in Vegas, I, I went there. Um, I always watch, I got all of the recordings and stuff. I'm a Cardone freak. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> you know, I, I love that stuff, man. I eat it up. And so when we were there, um, right before that, I had actually got on uh, Cardone University and kind of started the online training there. And it just, something clicked. I was like, man, I got to do this for the team. Why? Mm. Why am I saying the same thing 20 times? over and over. This is ridiculous. It doesn't matter if it's setting the alarm. It doesn't matter if it's uh, taking a buyer out, doing showings, whatever. So I actually got hooked up with a training platform that okay. I built out. Um, that's what Everett Academy is. And basically, I went through every, every time somebody asked me a question, I wrote it down, created a video, put it in the platform so they can that's get on awesome. there 24 hours a day, seven days a week and watch exactly as if I was going to do it right there with them.
1: Oh, that's awesome, man. Yeah. No, I was at that Vegas growth con too. It was awesome. Maybe, Were yeah, maybe nice. I'll call myself a Cardone freak too. For some reason. I, yeah. Hey, man, <laughs> I think I'm, I can man, say that. I'm a groupie. I think, <laughs> <laughs> I think, I, I, think I, I think I'm a groupie. I don't know, but okay. So you have 10 agents now. You're dialed in and yep. you've mentioned this whole podcast systems, right? So you keep talking about systems and that really has yep. been the, I, you know, I'm feeling that it's the foundation of you guys' success. Could you walk us through. You know, let's say there's an agent that's just getting started in the business right now. You know, would you walk us through kind of your process, the systems that you would implement in the business that you have implemented in yours to give some advice to our agents that want to be where you're at?
2: Yeah, so... um my first thing before I hire anybody is I basically have a ClickFunnels page lined up. I, I love ClickFunnels. Okay. Uh, I have a page lined up that's basically like a, um, a fill in the blanks kind of thing, like a, a, an input form. And I ask a whole bunch of questions. And if their answers don't meet what I like, I don't even interview them. You know, they got to get through that first process to see if it's even going to make sense. Again, it's it's creating time in your business. So wait. you do that to me,
1: leads for your real estate business. So I'm making sure I understand. So like buyers, so I and do sellers. that for any
2: agents that okay. want to come on my team. Okay, I, gotcha. I have them fill out a form to questions that I have, because if, if they can't meet the questions and it makes sense for me, they're not going to be a fit on the team. Okay, you know, I don't want to take it any further from there. So I started out with that. If they're all good, then I bring them in we get them lined up with the brokerage and then they start through my first couple of modules which is almost like the beginner's courses you know i got a, I get an entire form section i mean there's i you know 60 70 different forms in there uh, it's me explaining every single form how to fill it out what to do what it's for when you use it so i want them to know that i want them to know how to use lock boxes i have full training on all that stuff so anything that they need to know just first getting in it's all on the portal and so i basically have it lined out where they're going to go through X, Y, and Z modules before I even start sending them leads or before they can start doing any deals. Because the worst thing that happen is if you go out and you look stupid to your your clients because you don't know how to open a lockbox or you don't know how to write an offer correctly. I mean, that's that's the worst thing that could happen. You don't want to look stupid. You want them to think you've been doing real estate forever, right? So I create that for them and make it easier for them to uh, uh, move at their own speed. But I, I like to go fast, so I try to push them a little more.
1: So education would be the first real pillar of your of, of an agent. The first thing you would tell an agent is you have to master the understanding of contracts. I actually heard great advice that if you don't know how to fill out a contract, keep filling them out until oh, you yeah. really master and understand every line on that contract because that's the value or part of the value you're offering to your, you know, buyers and to your sellers. So, you know, read it front to back you know, understand every line, go to your broker, obviously, if you don't. So education you focus on after they know the lockbox, they know the contract. What do they do next in your mind?
2: So then we start working on phone calls and uh, I got drip campaigns that are lined up. Uh, Phone calls, though, and I want to hear how they are on the phone. You know, you got to be able to talk just like this. Uh, You can't be super salesy. You don't want to have no energy. I mean, there's just a certain certain feel you got to have when you're on the phone. So I got different scripts. I have a playbook is what I call it. That's Basically, awesome. it's, you know, yep. hey, if this is the response, this is what you get. Um, and honestly, our text campaigns do phenomenal. So we bring a lot of leads in and, and just kind of let the people run on the, the text campaigns if they don't respond right away, but uh, I like to get people on the phones and see how they are because if they suck, i got to fix that now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I've actually heard that from other agents. Texting is really uh, getting a lot of response for people. I've heard that from a lot of other agents, uh, which is Video is where
2: everything's going, yep. I mean, that's that's the biggest thing. Um, and on, and on that note too, I want to see how the, how they are on a video. You know, let's do a welcome video. You know, what's your bio? Tell me about yourself. Let's see how you are. Cause if somebody's a little scared to get on the camera, they're probably going to choke when it comes to clients. You know, it's, it's, there's people watching them. So I kind of like to get my people uncomfortable. Uh, kind of put them in, in situations and see what happens. Because I love that. That's how it was with me. You know, my dad called it guerrilla marketing back in the day. He'd have me go (laughs) knock on random doors and see if somebody wanted to sell their house (laughs) or see if we could even get inside to check out their kitchen upgrades or some crap like that. You know, so um, it was one of those things where if you're not not getting uncomfortable on a daily basis, you're just doing something wrong. You know, if you're doing the same thing every day, it's like, yeah, schedules and stuff are good, but you got to step outside that comfort zone. You're never going to grow. Yeah,
1: man, that's a a golden nugget. Growth starts at the uncomfort you know, you yep. have to be uncomfortable to grow. So in terms of the phone calls, what are you guys calling? Uh, like what leads are you, are you calling? You're getting your agents to call?
2: Yeah. So we get, we get warm, we get cold, we get hot. So okay. I bring in a lot of Google leads. Um, okay. I, it's just one of those things where once you get that dialed in, you can kind of put it on autopilot. Uh, so that would be like
1: pay-per-click that, ads you're running. Yeah. Like Google AdWords. Ads.
2: Yep, and okay. so that kind of stuff you can have running on specific days, specific times. You can schedule it out, you know, once the analytics come in, and then just kind of let it do its thing. And my system, I run uh, conversion, and so when a lead comes in, it rings the phone automatically. They can pick okay. up and talk to the person right there, which is phenomenal. You want to do that. Okay. Um, so we're calling on those. I'm ha- having them call uh, expired listings. I'm having them call FISBOs. Just because, I mean, the the Fisbo people are going to tear you apart, and he does it to every <laughs> every single agent. So I like to see what they do with those, yep. and then uh, just seller calls. You know, we get farms from title just to see what they do with that. And I just kind of just kind of throw a list in front of them and say, "Let me see what you got," and then we tweak it from there.
1: Okay, I love that. And on your leads, like your Google leads, like what's your marketing budget look like on a monthly basis?
2: Uh, it kind of depends on what we did the month before, but usually two, two to three grand, something like that. Um, and it kind of depends. A lot of big companies are going to be saying that they're 10 to $15 a lead. Uh, I got my stuff to like $3 and 50 cents. So it just kind of depends on your targeting and how you do it.
1: Nice man. You are, but, um,
2: yeah, and it's autopilot. You know, I can turn it up, turn it down, um, I run about 3,600 keywords. Okay. So it's, it's, you know, and I like to focus on specific areas in town. So if you don't want to work downtown, you don't want to work on the east side, you don't market to those areas. Mm. You know what I mean? So it's uh, kind of more of like an ABC type thing when you do that.
1: One of the things that I want to point out to the audience listening, I think a huge mistake agents make is, and it's, it's crazy because a lot of agents spend their way out of the business because they spend wisely, But a huge mistake agents make is they don't want to spend money. So they do everything really cheap. And the idea of spending $3,000 a month on marketing is like terrifying to people. But yet they end up spending their way out of the business. Because yeah. what I see agents do is they hop from one marketing tool to the next marketing tool, trying to f- buy cheaply that magic Thing That magic. And it doesn't exist, really. And I I saw a great, you know, quote basically the other day that said, what's the best CRM? And it was the The one, one the one you'll use, (laughs) the one you'll use. And that's what it is for so many marketing tools, because I'm a marketing company myself. And, you know, we have competitors. But the truth is, if, if you use a tool consistently. For any business that's been around for years and years and years, the reason why they've been around for years and years and years because people are having success. People are coming back and they're doing repeat business with them. It's about consistently using, getting it dialed in, as you would say. You got your Google pay-per-click ads dialed in. But I just wanted to point out to the audience, he's spending $3,000 a month. Meaning like don't be afraid to spend money. Don't spend money foolishly. So you gotta track your numbers so you get return. But don't be afraid to spend money. And I see that so often with real estate agents that they're just so nervous. They hold on to the money so tight that they end up losing
2: it. They're cheap, man. Yep. <laughs> they're cheap and it, and it's because the systems aren't put in place. You know, if everything's put in place, you're not worried about that next check. You know, if you're if you're worried that this one deal that you're working on isn't gonna close, well, you're completely wrong. You you need to have way more than that going. If you want two deals to close, you better have eight to 10 working on man. Yep. put them in escrow because they don't always go through. You're going to, I've had short sales that have taken three years and you just don't get paid, you know, the bank takes them back. Yep. So that happens. And what a lot of times people don't understand is like, like you were just saying with the CRMs, if you don't, if you don't have something dialed in and you just move on to the next thing, one, you're wasting money, two, you're wasting your own time. And three, how do you think all the systems are going to look to the clients? They're going to look like crap. Yep. You know, you, you want to make sure everything is perfect before you move on to the next one. So it's just, it just kind of blows my mind. And um, it, it's funny you say agents don't like to spend money. And, I mean, honestly, three grand is nothing. You know, I know people that spend a ridiculous <laughs> amount of money on a lot of different things, you know. And so most of my stuff, you know, I put a lot of money back into my clients as well. You know, if you're not putting money back into your past clients and, and doing things for them – Again, you're doing it wrong because they're your they're your number one cheerleaders.
1: That, that's guys. That is a huge golden nugget right there. I think the number one question everybody should ask themselves when they get into an industry is where does the data say that transactions are coming from in this industry? So if you're in real estate, where does the data say that transactions come from? And if you follow the National Association of Realtors, which is you guys association, their reports that they put out. It's literally over 60% of all transactions happen from your SOI. They happen from your past clients. Oh, yeah. They happen from your friends and family referring you. They don't happen. The majority of transactions do not happen from, you know, open houses or fisbos, though you should be doing those things to gain those transactions and ultimately to build your database. But it's just so interesting how people don't want to spend money on their past clients either. But those truly are, like you said, they're your cheerleaders. They're the ones that will build. Oh, yeah. Business for you for 10 20 30 years versus a transaction for you to survive today.
2: Oh yeah, you could build an unbreakable business doing it like that. You know what I mean? And and the thing with me is like I I brain surgery. I mean that wasn't cheap by any means. That cost me a ton of freaking money just on my copay with uh, um with the doctors. You know my twenty percent. So with that, I still came back and it, I didn't care. You know I knew I needed to spend a little bit of money and kind of work it out from there and just kind of get rolling. But uh, most of the stuff with me, I, I'm not real big on, uh, uh, I guess I'm not real big. I'm real big on education, but like live training as okay. far as like you sit in a classroom kind of thing. Uh, I'm not real big on that. And so a lot of people like to do that with CE classes and think it's going to change their lives. That's, com- uh, I, I, I don't know. That ain't my thing. <laughs> so I uh, I took my GED when I was in 10th grade. I had to get out of there, man. I was not happy in school, mm. um, which is why I was able to start businesses early, but um, uh, basically, by going through like that, it's just one of those things where you got to try something. If it doesn't work, okay, well, you tried it, tried it to your best, and then you move on to the next thing if it doesn't work. But everybody just thinks they're going to go get this CRM or you know, have this ISA company working on stuff. And, I mean, honestly, if you, you got to do it yourself and figure out what it is, how it works, because if you're going to be pissed off at somebody else thinking they're not doing their job, well, if you don't even know how the system works, then maybe they are doing their job and it's just not done right. You know what I mean?
1: Mm. Such
0: a good point. Is that what all? I mean? Is that kind of what led you to the uh, I know you have the online interactive real estate training? Is that something that any? Yeah. Any agent can take? Is that?
2: Yeah. yeah. So any agent can grab it. Um, it's one of those things where. Uh, I just got sick of seeing the same thing over and over and over and over. And I'm like, I want to be able to bring on an agent and this process be streamlined. Yeah. You know, I want to be at home hanging out with my brand new baby and my three-year-old son and my wife and just somebody's still training, you know, instead of me being at the office for 25 freaking hours a day. I know (laughs) Mm -hmm. that's an hour more than the day. It's possible. (laughs) I think we've done uh, it before. It's one of those things. It's like I just got sick of saying the same thing over and over. So I just started recording videos and started putting them down and it kind of evolved from there. Uh, Now I'm putting together marketing courses because everybody on the planet comes to me asking for Google marketing and stuff. And it's like, all right, I'm going to build a system specific to realtors for Google marketing so they can go in there and figure out exactly what they want to do, how they're going to do it. And, you know, I I can sell it to them on a platform. So it's just, you know, monetizing knowledge, really.
1: No, man, I love that. I absolutely love that. Let Let me ask you this. You know, now that you're at the point where you've built this agent, you know, base of 10 agents. You mentioned something earlier in the podcast that said you now have allowed yourself more time with your family. You've built a system that allows yourself more time with your family. What is that specific? Why has it changed? Is it literally just the video series? Like should brokers that are listening to this do a video series for the thing? Like what is it that has allowed you that freedom?
2: So I would say video is, is one of the biggest things for sure. Um, and, and I'll touch in a second here on like the biggest the biggest nugget that I feel is what's going to help everybody the most. But as far as brokers go, yeah, man. I mean, how many calls do brokers get on a daily basis of like the dumbest questions that I, I feel like they're dumb questions? In real estate, I guess there is no dumb question, right? But when you've been doing it forever, you're like, oh, man, you could have Googled that question. You know what I mean? I actually have a broker. That's his favorite thing. He says, Google it. And I'm like, man, I want to slap you upside the head, telling me to Google something, you know. But uh, it got to the point where it's like, look, you know, if, if the same question's coming through, they're not the only ones with this problem. Other people are going to have this problem too. Right. You need to give them the solution and make it available to them at any time of the day. So, what we s- recently implemented is a, a full training platform for our clients. So basically line out your YouTube channel and have it dialed in where you got training for the buyers, uh, the buyer course and seller course. So a buyer, uh, they don't know about real estate more than likely. So, you know, what's in what's an earnest money deposit? When does it need to go in? You know, how much is an inspection cost? What's the process? You know, do a video, line it out for them. Maybe you go through. We have all of our forms lined out. So it's like, look, this is a duty. zone. this is what it means. This is where you sign and this is why you're initialing in this spot. So then when you send them the forms, they don't don't question what it is. You already did it. So if you have canned responses lined up and it's already set up to where it's like, look, you just got into escrow with this person. You're just showing houses with this person. Grab this canned response. It already has your video link in there, all the verbiage set up for it, and say this is the form you're going to be getting electronically to sign. Please make sure to watch the video so you understand what it is. And you do that. You dial it in through all the way through the system and have canned responses lined up for it. I mean, think of the amount of time you're going to save. You don't have to go to people's houses to explain forms or sit on the that phone is for awesome. 25 minutes. You know what I mean? No, so man, I've by never doing heard like of any that,
1: agent doing that. That's awesome.
2: Yeah, I, I don't like to do anything average, and I don't like to do anything that everybody <laughs> else that. is doing. So if they're doing something, I'm running the opposite way and doing completely what they're not. So I like to do what everybody else doesn't do because that's what makes me stand out. Um, and I, I mean, I already kind of stand out because I don't really talk. You know, like most realtors and stuff, I'm just kind of just kind of do my thing. And I don't really care what anybody thinks about me anyway. Sure. So um, but by doing that kind of stuff with the video series, I mean, think about it. Uh, who where are you going to go to go find something out? Your dishwasher breaks. Right. Sprinkler. Something's wrong. You're going to YouTube. Right. You want to yeah. watch a video. Nobody wants to read any crap about that. They want to watch a video that takes two minutes instead of reading a 15 minute blog. Yep. You know, I'm not saying Smart, blogs aren't, aren't good because blogs are the bomb. They rank really well. Um, but video is where it's at, and if you're not moving to video, you're you're falling behind fast. Our brokerage is actually lining out two uh, full-on media rooms right now, so I usually would rent out studios for a day, crank out a bunch of videos. Now I'm going to be able to do it 25 feet from my office.
1: Now nah, that's, that's awesome, awesome. man. That, that is a really good tip. I really have not heard of agents using video in that way, like, a course. I've, I've like a course, I've heard of it sending a video that answers a question, you know, through social mm-hmm. media or through text or something, but never like a course for your clients. I think that is awesome. And I think you're, yeah. I think you're really onto something there.
2: So how many people, how many people just do like the weekly email updates and stuff like that? You right. know what I mean, instead of just recording a quick video, say, Hey, this is what I did. Maybe you're putting an ad together for them, screen, screen record your, your screen and say, Hey, look, this is the ad I'm putting together. This is what it looks like. You know, this is how many views we got, whatever, whatever. But by showing them, there's zero, zero issues. Mm. Um, If something were to happen in the transaction, you got to go in front of the board. It's like, look, I freaking did a whole video, (laughs) outlined all this for them. There is no way they can say they didn't understand this. No way.
1: That's interesting. Yeah, (laughs) that's great. (laughs) No, I I do. I seriously love that. I also think, like, where we're headed, and this is something that I was talking to an agent about literally just this week, is just the power... Of being social now and being on social media and video and all these things, it's all about traditionally, it's about how many times can you touch people like you hear real estate? It's a contact sport right? So it's the amount of times you can contact somebody, the amount of times you can touch somebody that builds what? It builds that top of mind awareness, that branding to where when they think real estate, they think of you. But the only way you get them to think of you in a good light is to build that education, is to build that, I call it authority on a subject matter. You have to have, as Grant Cardone would say, because you're a grant freak, you have to have altitude on a subject matter, right? So you want to build that authority and you do that through education. But if you're constantly touching People through video, through social media. It's just in the olden days, you would just send one mailer out a month. Or maybe when the emails came up and you're sending one email a month. Now, still do those things because it's a contact sport. You want to contact people as much as you possibly can. But now, sending videos to people, sh- showing up on their feed on social, it's just so powerful in the reach. And one of the tips that came out of that when I was talking to this agent that I thought was super powerful is. Not only can you leverage your social media to share video and all this stuff, you can leverage your social media to see who your leads are connected with. And what this person is doing now is they're literally going to their listing appointments. But before they go, they go to that person's social media and they look at their friends and they find someone just like LinkedIn does for you. They find someone they're connected with and they bring that up at their listing appointment in the rapport building. That that does like, hey, I saw you actually know, you know, so and so I saw, you know, Josh Dyke, that rapport building right there. So it's just such a powerful way to touch people. I love it, man. So tell, oh, yeah. me, tell me about, you know, this question we asked to all the people that come on that we get to interview. Everybody's looking for the magic formula for success, right? And I mean, I'm looking for, I'm still looking for it, but you know, it doesn't exist. There's no magic bullet out there necessarily. I believe there's magic or I shouldn't say magic. I believe there's principles of success that are consistent that everybody should do. But I'm curious for you in your life, you've overcome having brain surgery. You've overcome some really tremendous trials, you might call it in your life. And you've built a brokerage with 10 agents under you. What are the routines that you have done that you've implemented in your daily life to drive success?
2: So I'm out my whole week, you know, I, I, I live by my schedule and calendar on my phone. Um, one of the first things I do, which recently it hasn't been as successful as normal because I got a three week old baby. So we haven't been sleeping a whole lot, <laughs> but, um, basically I like to wake up before the sun comes up, you know, that's a, that's a Cardone thing as well. You know, if you beat the sun up, you start the day out winning, you know, um, mm-hmm. So, and you get up early, you get up earlier than anybody else, which if, if you actually work that out to the end of the month, I mean, shoot, you're, you got a whole week on some people, you know, you're, you're that much further ahead. So yep. I like to get up, I like to get up and get rocking as quickly as I can, uh, and schedule everything out as much as I can, you know? So I, I'll give 30 to 60 minutes every day on training. Um, I'll make sure to read a couple chapters of a book every day, um, or audio books while I'm driving around. I just I like to consume information because you never know when that information is going to either help you get a get a listing or help you get a buyer or just help you with marketing and help you get things going on. Um, so I implement that kind of stuff um, training with the team every single Monday. We have a meeting to make sure that everybody's on point and everybody's rocking and rolling who needs what help. And then we get going from there. So nice. scheduling is the biggest thing. You know, if you got, if you got people that you want to touch, you know, I, I make sure that I make it the minimum 25 phone calls a day to pass clients, uh, current clients, just see what's going on and see who Woo. they got in their pipeline. Then That's I might a be golden able to grab. nugget,
1: guys. A minimum yeah. 25, you with, said? Minimum 25. Yeah, pounds?
2: which is low, man. I mean, if Dude, we're cold calling, awesome. I mean, we're hitting, we're hitting 100, 150 a, a day on cold calls, you know, because we'll, we'll use dialers and stuff. Uh, we have built-in dialers that'll just crank through, leave a voicemail while we're on the next call. Love it. Um, so it's one of those things where you gotta fill in the gaps. Yeah. And another thing with Cardone, and you know, I'm not gonna keep mentioning his name, but, uh, you know, if you've got white space on your calendar, you're not doing enough. So if, if you were to go to a job and it's nine to five, right, you're gonna be working your ass off from nine to five. That's just how it works. You know, you're, you're, you're gonna have a lunch break, maybe another little break in between. But if you're running your own business and you're just like, oh, I'm gonna go get some coffee or, Oh, I'm going to stroll around the parking lot. Oh, maybe I'll just go up here and, and, and look at some other stuff. You're you're just, think about it. If, if there was a boss, you would have been fired a long time ago. So if you treat it like you're the CEO of a company and you actually dial it in right, you better be working from the time the freaking sun comes up to the sun, time the sun comes down. And that doesn't mean you got to be on your computer, be in the office the whole time. But get on social media, you know, like everybody's post, comment, interact with people, you know, instead of screwing around looking at, uh, whatever on instagram people scroll through the search feeds and stuff like that looking at you know freaking duck crossing the road whatever you know <laughs> if you actually get on there with a purpose it makes sense and then when you get into the office you know you don't do you know I, i'm one of those that i do chit chat a lot with other agents but it, it, i have a different goal in mind right uh one i have training that i need, need to sell them right they need to buy it uh and two is I like to know what everybody's got going on because there's a, definitely a, a puzzle piece that I can fit in to that and make it make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so, but I try to keep it to a minimum if I can. Uh, sometimes it gets away with me because as you can tell, I like to talk. So, um, <laughs> but scheduling everything out, man, I mean, you crank out a couple of videos, you go in on a Monday and you're like, look, I got four hours. You better use that four hours as best as you can. You know what I mean? And the whole goal is to get all these systems in place to where you can work three or four hours a day. And crush everybody in the industry because you have systems put in place. You know, I would love to be able to work a few hours a day and still be one of the top producers. You know, I was 22nd in my brokerage, um, for last year, which was a, a move up from the year prior, but I, I grow every single year and it's just due to systems and schedules. You know, I'm kind of a, I'm an information junkie and I also just love to work. It, it's kind of weird. Um, I like to work. I like to hang out with my family. That's kind of like. What I do, my buddies get pissed off, but is what it is. You know? <laughs> That's what I like to do.
1: Now, nah, man, I love that. I I agree so much that if you can own your calendar, then you yeah. can own your life. If you can own oh, yeah. own your calendar, which is so hard because so often we drift towards the things that are the easiest things to do, or we choose to overcomplicate things, to give us an excuse when we fail. I mean, it's just so often we just make excuses for ourselves where if you just consistently own your calendar, and I read an article on successful people, they block down to 15 minutes. They're blocking down to 15 minutes of their day. Now, I have tried that. I have found that personally in my own life to be really, really difficult to do because of the reactive things that happen during the day. But, you know, this whole idea of waking up early, I've been on this kick of waking up at 4 a.m. for about a year and a half now. And it really does put your mind ahead of the game from a just an inspiration standpoint. Like you've accomplished something that I know when Josh Dyke is asleep, I'm awake. You know? Oh, sorry, Justin. I forgot. (laughs)
0: I'm like only an
1: hour behind you now. I'm
0: I'm, I have worked back. Yeah, he is now. He's getting up. I'm now getting up at five a.m. So I'm working backwards. I told you I'd get there.
1: But I agree with you. And kind of hit on a
2: point that you mentioned earlier regarding people getting in their own heads um, about situations, right? Like, oh man, I got to make this phone call. What are they going to say? Oh, they're going to they're going to be pissed off, or you know, maybe a deal fell apart or something. What are they going to say? What's this and that? I mean, that's, that's like the biggest mistake everybody makes. And that's the hugest way. That's the biggest waste of time. You know, oh, we get some coffee. Let me go think about this. You know, oh, I'll (laughs) call him in a minute. You don't ever end up calling him. You know, if you just call him immediately, like nine times out of 10, the conversation doesn't even go the way that you thought it was going to go. It's usually like, well, damn, that was a breeze. That was easy. That was, that was nothing, you know, and then you can move on to your next task. And so that's just wasting time. And so, you know, they always say that, that anytime that you're afraid of something like that, you know, the faster you do it, the faster it goes away. It's like
1: jumping in a swimming pool. You don't just walk (laughs) in. You don't (laughs) walk into a freezing swimming pool. You jump in people. Come on. (laughs) Seriously. All right. So last question for you, man. Yeah. And this one's, we'll go deep with you on this one. What would you go back and tell your younger self? What would you tell little Sean? you know, back in his childhood as a little boy, what advice would you give him of, you know, what he should look out for, what he should do better, what he should do, you know, what he should focus on more, what he should run away from, those type of things?
2: So first thing I would have said was, man, you better network like a beast, because (laughs) as they say, your network is your net worth, right? And and man, I tell you what, it, I know a lot of people in this town and it's funny a lot of people a lot of friends I grew up with ended up being freaking realtors so it kind of you know took some of my business away but <laughs> if I would have been able to stay in front of everybody and maybe not been like a recluse or anything like that you know just kind of kept rolling and and you know gone to more functions and things like that I'd be top of mind for everybody all the time you know I'd have a bigger network that was the biggest thing I think Uh, next thing would be is slow down a little bit. You know, Hmm. I wanted to jump into having a big team and get rocking fast. Uh, I think if I would have slowed down, um, had the foundation a little bit more hardcore, maybe put an assistant in place before buyer's agents, things like that to kind of help my life run smoother, I think that would have been a huge plus, you know, instead of doing it backwards. So that's kind of my, that's my biggest thing, you know, and and, then just staying in front of people and, and, uh, be nice to everybody. You know, nobody, <laughs> nobody likes somebody it's who, piece of uh, who's an ass, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that's just plain and simple. So they like to be around just fun be people. Nice. And so if you got a good attitude, I mean, that's just, uh, people like being around attitude. Yeah. They're, they're attracted to people with good attitudes. And, and if you're a likable person, you're just going to attract the business. It's going to be, yeah. you're just gonna be a money magnet.
0: Yep. That's great advice, man. It's, yeah. Thank you so much for being here, Sean.
2: Absolutely. Appreciate Thank you guys for on. having me.
0: Yeah. Before we close, let people know how they can connect with you. Where can they check out your online training?
2: Yeah. So uh, just hit me up on social media. I'm on it all the time. So Facebook, just look me up, Sean Everett. Uh, my personal page is public, so you can hit me up. And if nice. your personal pages aren't public, you better make them public because that's how people are going to find you. Uh, and then my Instagram is the real Sean Everett. So at the real Sean Everett. You can message me, direct message me. I'd love to show you kind of what we got going on, what can help you out and go on from there. That's awesome, awesome,
0: man. Thank you for listening to this episode of Stay Paid. If you like what you heard, please go on iTunes, give us a five-star rating and make sure to leave us a comment. You can also find this podcast in video on YouTube.com slash ReminderMedia or on StayPaidPodcast.com. Please make sure to tell someone else about the podcast today. It really helps us spread the word. And if you'd like to get a hold of me or Luke, you can email us at podcast at remindermedia.com. And now there's Uh-oh. yet another Drum way to roll. connect with us. We just set up our Instagram oh, at for stay for stay paid paid. Podcast. Mm. Yeah. So check that out. It's been updated. We've got some uh we've got some cards. Andrea got so excited she's choking on her. Sivana yes. from Starbucks in the background. <laughs> but it's already set up with the grid. It looks really cool. We've got our guests featured on there. So I'm sure Sean's picture will be up there soon as well after this podcast released. But definitely go give us a follow. I think
1: we have like five followers. Nice. So we really need... Dude, <laughs> one is my help. mom. Huh? One is Andrea's mom. <laughs> oh, thir- oh,
0: sorry. Andrea said we have 36 uh, followers. We have
1: 36 followers. So one is Josh's mom, Jesse's mom. No. In defense, <laughs> it was set up about two hours before we
0: recorded this. Yes. So I love it. Uh, of course, you can check out Reminder ReminderMedia on all the other social medias. We're <laughs> at Reminder Media
1: on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Pinterest. For this episode of Stay Paid, I'm Joshua Steik. And I'm Luke Acri, guys. And so much, you know, golden nuggets and tips I would call that you heard on this podcast. But I want to you know, give you an action item because Stay Paid is all about giving you actionable advice that you can literally implement this week in your business and make a difference. And I thought really one of the most powerful things that Sean said on this podcast was this idea of calling 25 of your past clients every single day. And, and when I'm coaching real estate agents, I want to just give you guys an idea of a comparable. I find myself sometimes begging them to just call five. Five. I I begged them to just call five. And he's calling 25 a day. And he's saying that's low. And and I agree with him. I think, you know, real estate, we mentioned on the podcast, it's a contact sport. It is literally if you can build a connection with people and a relationship with people, then you have a chance of earning their repeat business and their referrals. But you don't have a relationship with people that you don't talk to. Yeah. And so the the action item that I would beg, plead, kick, scream, tell you it's the key to your success is pick up that telephone. When you get off this podcast today, pick up that telephone, call 25 year past clients and take Sean's advice. Don't go in selling go in with the script of literally haven't talked to you in a while, wanted to see what was going on with you, how has life been treating you, catch up, then use another follow-up call to go offer value with a free CMA, a free market update for them in their neighborhood, something of value, and watch when you do the contact, when you play the numbers game, you'll get results. Remember, the difference between a top producer and a mediocre producer in every single industry is top producers take action. So you just heard that piece of advice, take action on that today.